Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast, where we dive into tactical strategies to grow your business and make an impact on this world. A huge part of success is keeping your mindset and vision on track. So this is a major part of our process and this podcast. Let's do this. Hi, Erin here. Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. This week, we are talking about audience growth and we are simplifying it with five ways to consistently connect with your audience to increase growth and revenue. I think all of us can agree that increasing your growth and revenue is a win all around. So I do want to talk a little bit about why consistent communication with your audience and, you know, one example is through email is so critical. So connecting and engaging, whether it's your followers, your email subscribers, members on your Facebook group regularly is so important. So you want to complete, create and complete your content and execute it on a regular basis, almost like having a set schedule for posting or um, distributing your new content. So if you're not consistent, you're not taking advantage of all the opportunities you have to connect with your audience. I've talked about this so many times in different podcasts and trainings that, you know, especially with what's happened in 2020 and in 2021 so far, it's incredible. It's just incredibly crucial to um, have that connection. So creating a few pieces of content here and there might help someone understand a topic better, right? Your audience might tune in and learn something, but it won't help uh, you to hit on all the touch points between your brand and your audience. It's not going to help you build a meaningful relationship with it. So to do that, you really do uh, need to create um, content consistently and reach out to your audience in that manner as well. Because consistency, it boosts engagement. Um, it increases your brand reputation and your trust, not to mention it's algorithm friendly, right? So I hear from people, they're like, oh, like the algorithm changed. And now I'm not getting, you know, as many likes on my content or as many comments. And it's almost like people feel like, the almighty algorithm is out to get them and it's not. Um, So it's like if you do certain things like post content regularly, um, it helps you um, make friends uh, with the algorithm. Uh, It's also SEO friendly because search engines, they like websites and pages that have new content and it's going to help you rank higher, right? So I've done, um, there's a podcast, if you look back, um, about Copy Station. So it's all about um, you know, talking to your audience as if it's a conversation, right? As if it's an ongoing conversation, they feel a part of it. Um, and it's, uh, they feel like involved. And so that is huge as well. So episode 53 is that one where I go over copy station and my triple P strategy of like what I do before I sit down to write any content. So that's why it's so important to consistently reach out to your audience. That's why, um, like I send out an email every single Tuesday. Um, I post in my Facebook group every day. I do trainings at a certain time. So I'm going to go over um, five things for you list takers out there um, of how you can use this to your advantage, right? Use this to not only grow your audience, um, but um, to increase growth in your revenue as well. So the first one is to make sure your content aligns with your goals. So you got to meet your audience where they're at. So you might know like, okay, my audience needs X, Y, Z, but your audience may not know that yet. That's not where they are. So if you come at them 
with that, then it's like their eyes are going to glaze over and they're not going to listen to you. So you really got to see, okay, where are they at? And then gently guide them, guide them forward to where you know they need to be. Okay. So you're going to ask yourself who you're trying to attract, right? So I've talked about your ideal customer avatar, your ICA. So, um, we kind of think sometimes that we can be everything to everybody, um, but no. And I've talked about niching down as well. So you got to kind of like narrow it down to your ideal ICA, and then you're going to create content specifically for them. Okay. You got to be really intentional about this. And you also have to write like as if you're talking to one person. So if you subscribe to my emails, you'll see that I always, it's personalized. It's like, Hey, Amy, Hey, Sam, you know, it's like, it's not like, Hey guys, I'm not talking to a group. I am talking directly to one person. And my emails are pretty personal as well, as far as what I speak about and how I um, correlate it to what's going on in, in business. So you don't want it to sound like you're shouting out to the masses, right? Just focus on the one person. If you think about your ideal customer avatar and what they want to hear and how they are more best, uh, best aptly to receive it, that's kind of like the sweet spot, right? Um, and then I always suggest to people that, you know, you you reach out every week on your email, such as we do, if that's realistic for you. But I also say, if reaching out to your audience um, consistently on the same day and time every week is not realistic, then don't do it. Start out with maybe it's quarterly, maybe it's monthly, whatever is realistic to you and your schedule all that time, that's what you do. And you can like maybe reaching out weekly is a goal and you work toward that. Um, I always suggest like, depending on your business and depending upon your skill level, uh, you know, choose one of three content types, which is typically the written word. So blog, it's audio podcast or a video series. Okay, so which one of those fits you best? Like if you're like terrified of being on camera, maybe don't start out with a video series. Um, if you like to write, maybe start out with a blog. Um, and then you can um, not rely on like the say video every week, but it's something that you can dabble in to try to get over that fear. Um, but you can rely more um, consistently on something with a, like a blog where you're comfortable um, with writing. And you're going to want to keep some content ideas um, going, right? So I always kind of call it like a content ideas bank. So you jot or type ideas as they come. You can use the, the audio um, on your phone to record things if you can't type or have a pen or paper. And don't overthink it. Like you don't have to know how you will use ideas um, as they come to you. Just jot them down. And then when you're looking for content ideas, you go back to this kind of bank of ideas that you've, you've gathered and you'd be like, oh, I had no idea when that happened to me two months ago. Now it's actually going to become part of my blog post, you know, but it's kind of cool to jog your your memory there. So number two, kind of, you know, it's a good segue that life is content. So if you're first starting out, like I was saying, like in blogging or, or um, podcasting, um, you look at your life. So um, if I'm out somewhere, um, let's say, well, before when we used to be able to go to conferences or speak at different places, um, I would take photos of what I'm doing. Even today, I'll take photos throughout the day, pop them in as a story. That's what's great about Facebook and Instagram um, is that it can be kind of, um, since they disappear in 24 hours, it could be more casual, uh, but it could be a kind of quit snippets of your life, you know? So I might just post stuff that I'm doing. Sometimes it has to do with my business and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and so I'll share that stuff about my, my life as well. Um, and some things like might inspire 
inspire you, right? Or moments of inspiration that you want to share um, with your audience can be really, really powerful. I always recommend to people look back on your photo bank on your phone or old archives for inspiration. Look, you look back at those old photos. I mean, I know I have tons of photos, thousands probably, um, that go back a couple of years. And so I will, I'll scroll back and I'm like, Oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. And I can share kind of like an old photo and, you know, kind of what it inspired me to write about that day. And also you could brain dump. So brain dump like your favorite memories growing up or experiences you had in college or stuff that had that happened in your professional career or with your family. Because you might be surprised how many of your experience can actually be tied to supporting your audience and where they are at that moment. And then number three is do a content audit. So what content do you already have? So even if you're just starting out, you might have like a few social media posts you did. Maybe you wrote a white paper. Um, or if you've been doing this for a while, you might have tons of content to, to choose from. So kind of go back and look at what worked or didn't work, what got really good engagement, what didn't. Um, what can you repurpose? Maybe if you repurpose it in a different way, it'll land differently with your audience and they might get it, right? So you could edit videos into shorter videos for reels. Um, you could edit blog posts for social media posts. You could edit podcast audio for like a quick quick tip engagement ads. There's so much that you can do um, with the content that that you already have. And like I said, if you put a new spin on it, even content that's older that maybe didn't land well or how you expected um, could have a new life moving forward. The fourth one is to create a system to use each time. And I know like some of creative people like me, we kind of cringe <laughs> at systems, right? We kind of just fly by the seat of our pants. It's kind of like, oh, we'll just go do this right now. Um, but really creating a system to use each time is really integral. So I do have a content process for the podcast. I have, especially when I'm reaching out to guests, I have a whole system of my outreach and what I say to them um, when, I'm, when I'm inviting guests on. I have bullet points that we cover. Um, and then with like on Mondays is my podcast production day. So that's when I um, write the show notes page, I create the page for the podcast, I will create the email for the next morning that's going to go out, I create the social media posts, um, all of that stuff, I have a certain day. Um, and I actually have a time frame on my calendar, um, when that happens. Um, and like on my Facebook group, I go live um, now it's every Thursday, you know, and that might change in in the future. But I have a set time. And if it changes, life changes, so be it. But I try to set it, you know, if it changes, I try to have that same day and time moving forward. Um, and then create a checklist of what needs to be done. So um, Joey is really, really good at this. And he has a checklist for podcast production. So before we go live, whether it's just me or we're speaking to a guest, he has a checklist of things that he goes over and it has saved us. I know if we didn't have that checklist, we probably would be like, forget to press record or like, something else would happen that we would be like, oh, shoot, if only we had a checklist um, that would that would help. Because a lot of times when you get down to it, even if it's a well-oiled machine, you start doing something and you're like, oh, like, has that ever happened to you? Where you're like, I've done this a million times. Why do I need a checklist? And then you do it and then you forget one crucial step and you're like, oh my gosh, I've done that so many times. How did I forget that step? If you had a checklist, um, you wouldn't have that problem, right? So you're going to want to document the process so you can follow it each time, 
no thinking effort. It's all there for you. Um, and then also if you need to delegate, right, as your team grows, then you have the process already documented if you need to hand it off to somebody else. And like I mentioned earlier, you want to commit to a consistent cadence. So what's realistic for you. So we put our podcast out every Tuesday and our newsletter or email goes out every Tuesday. And at the moment I'm speaking on Facebook every Thursday, you know, so see what's realistic for you, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly, what have you. Um, and then also part of the system too is pick a font and pick color. So I use Canva and you may have noticed um, that I've updated our website. So the logo, the font, the colors, um, now we, you know, it's basically more of a, a brand uh, guide, right? And so whenever I'm creating collateral, I make sure that it's this those colors um, and the same font and that sort of a thing to make sure it's cohesive uh, um, along the brand. So it's great to kind of include that within your system as well. The fifth thing um, of the five for you note takers is um, time blocking your calendar to get it done. So if you have a system, but you don't ever execute on it, what's the point? So um, like for social media, I was leveraging some scheduling tools, like there's Hootsuite, Planoly, Later. I mean, there's a ton of them out there, but you might get dinged, okay? Because um, like Facebook and Instagram, for instance, um, they want engagement. And the whole thing is like, they feel like you're not really engaging if you're scheduling things on a third-party app to go live on their platforms. So they may not show your content as much if they can tell that it's coming from a third party because they're like, well, you're not actively engaging with our platform. You're just kind of like phoning it in or, you know, scheduling the stuff um, to go live. Um, so I have recently started to use um, the scheduling tools that are native to the platform, such as for Facebook and Instagram, they do have scheduling tools. So I've just started um, using those. So if that helps you, if you're like, you know, I need to do things in advance because there's no way that I can just sit and write a social media post every day, then use the scheduling tool. I will say though that there are many times when I don't plan out my social media because I want to feel in the moment and I do want to be like, okay, what's going on in my mind that morning? What am I hearing from my audience? What's going on in the world? What do they need to hear? What would be more helpful? So there's plenty of times where I don't schedule in advance and you know what you're getting from me that day is what's kind of flowing through me that day. And then, of course, there's planners like I'm using the full focus planner um, that Michael Hyatt has out. Do I use it every day? No, but I use it more often than other paper planners. I, I've mentioned it before that I wanted to be a paper planner person. I was like, oh, because some of them are so beautiful and it's so tangible to like, you know, uh, write something down and you can feel it, you know, you can pick it up. Um, but I am just a digital person because I've, every time I've tried a planner, I'll fill it out for a few days and then it just starts to collect dust. So the full focus planner though, yes, I might go a few days without putting something in there, maybe in a, even a few weeks, but I always come back to it because it's more goal oriented and performance focused rather than kind of like planning your day. Um, and then if you can plot out your content for the month or the quarter, whatever is realistic for you, but be flexible. So when we first started this podcast, you know, uh, I was like, we're going to do this right. And we're going to, 
you know, um, batch some episodes that we're going to launch with a few and then we're going to have a few in the pipeline. And then COVID hit right before we were going to launch. And I'm like, nobody cares about what I'm talking about <laughs> in these batched podcast episodes. So we had to shift, right? So sometimes you can plot stuff out, uh, but then you got to be flexible because then something might happen in the world and you're like, this does not make any sense. If I publish this content, I will com- come across as tone deaf. Um, so plot it out loosely, um, you know, so you can be flexible if that happens and just outline your content. Like for these podcast episodes where I'm teaching, I'm not writing down every single word I'm going to say. I just kind of bullet point of the stuff that I want to make sure that I that I get across. So you could do that, whether it's a video series, a blog, social media, that sort of a thing. Um, and consider batching. I think it helps a lot of people. I do it at some sometimes. Today, we're recording a few podcast episodes. So we're, we're cool for the next few weeks. Um, so you might want to consider that, like sit down and do the first step of, um, you know, if you're writing a blog, then maybe you know, you're like, okay, this day, I'm going to brainstorm a bunch of blog post ideas. And then the next day, you know, that you batch your pot, your blog stuff, maybe then you're, you're outlining all of the different posts. And the next day you're writing, right? So you're kind of like, doing the same step for a few different blog posts so that you're kind of batching it up. So that at the end, you have like six weeks of blog posts ready. Um, and track your time to see how long it takes you so you can plan accordingly, right? So then you're going to know, okay, it takes me X amount of time to write six blog posts to cover me for six weeks, right? So then you can better plan your um, your calendar. Um, and it, your content calendar can look however like works for you. Um, a lot of people do it monthly or quarterly, but a few things you might want to look at is like if you're launching something like a new service or a product, then you're going to want to outline what promotions you have during this time. So you're going to schedule in content that complements the topic or, you know, what your, your service or product covers and kind of leads into it so that your content during that period, if you're launching something, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. There's a correlation between your content and the new service or product that you're launching. Um, And then you could have like some themed content. Sometimes I'll look at like those national day of like it's puppy day or, you know, that sort of a thing if they make sense. Um, And then also for social, typically I do this and I recommend others do it. Look for like four to eight topics that you're going to be focusing on that fit your culture and your brand. So what is going to be on your Instagram feed? Business tips, recipes, meditation guides, like pick four to eight things that you're going to kind of cycle through um, at, at any given time so that when people go to your feed, it's cohesive and it's not like, I don't know, sometimes it's recipes, sometimes it's pictures on a beach, sometimes it's this, like, I don't know what, what I'm going to get because then people aren't going to know what to go to you for, right? Um, and then you're going to want to schedule in maybe some guest posts or featured contributors. So we obviously we do have guests um, a lot. And so it can take the pressure of review a bit, it gets some fresh content going. um, And then they're excited about helping promote your content as well. And it just works for everybody. Um, And like I said earlier, you can share your content again, look back at what you've done, update it, and then you can re- reuse it if it if it makes sense. And you know, I mentioned the algorithm before, so chances are your audience didn't see it the first time around, or a good chunk of them. So if you reshare it, then it could be new um, for a lot of people. And if you're kind of like, okay. Like what, you know, help me, <laughs> how do I know what to um, share with my audience? Like you can do keyword research, right? So it should take only a few minutes so you can like, you know, uh, enter your initial keyword into Google, like 
in this um, podcast, we're going over creating consistent content, right? And then scroll down, you're going to see um, searches related to and you're going to pick up different keywords there um, that you can use within your content for SEO. And it might be springboard for more ideas um, for more content um, for you to create. And of course, for any of these ideas, you're going to want to track performance, whether it's um, pages, conversions, um, likes, comments, that sort of a thing. Um, And I have also trained on having a feeling week, right? So there's some weeks where it's just like, just like, don't worry about planning everything, right? Don't stress yourself out about it. Just have a feeling week, take a break, reward yourself. And, um, you know, just Every if if you want to post every day in social media, just be like, okay, I'm not gonna have anything planned this week. I'm just gonna feel it, see what comes to me, um, and kind of go that way. See like, okay, what are what is my audience talking about? What do they need to hear from me? What's gonna be helpful? And and just do that just for a week, and don't stress yourself out about planning everything. Um, and some people, especially for email, like it's like I know that it's so tough. You're like, how the heck am I gonna fit all this in? So. This stuff on the podcast episode and other trainings that I do, it's just—it's—it's it's some of the stuff I teach in Email Ally, which is my brand new membership, although I will go deeper into it, right? So Email Ally is currently, it's only open for enrollment for my VIPs. Um, you might ask who the heck is a VIP? Um, so it's those that are subscribed to my email list, um, follow me on social media, or a member of my Facebook group. So an Email Ally every month, members get four customizable emails that they can plug and play to their audience and industry. They get 10 email subject lines to catapult their open rates and engagement, which equals an increase in happy customers and revenue. And every month a video training is uploaded into their account. So I teach both the tried and true and the latest in online content creation and copywriting. And on top of that, they get access to Q and A's, masterclasses, and they get accountability to hone their skills. So like imagine having simple tools to email your list consistently and really in less time than it takes to order your groceries every month. It's like having a private email assistant and copywriting mentor at a fraction of the cost. So go to musclecreative.com slash email ally um, for more info and to enroll there. I hear countless times from small business owners. I know I need to reach out to my list consistently. I do not have time. I do not know what to say. When I, I hate writing, when I write it, it sounds awkward and salesy. So email ally to the rescue. Um, so again, go to musclecreative.com slash email ally. I hope this podcast uh, episode was helpful and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. To keep the fun going, check out our Facebook group, Start and Scale an Online Business, for even more free trainings and resources from fellow entrepreneurs. If you haven't already, head on over to musclecreative.com and click subscribe to join our email list for our weekly updates. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, check us out on your favorite podcast platform to follow us and give us a review. As always, be authentic, bring an insane amount of value, and keep crushing it.